Welcome, folks. Episode 2 of the Nerds Who Lift podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Anderson, and thanks again for tuning in. Real quick, I want to give a shout out to everybody who took a listen to episode 1 and gave us great feedback. It was really awesome. Uh, I did not expect it to be so well received, and I really uh, was moved that everybody enjoyed it. So hopefully, it'll get better, and I can keep Providing some fun and uh, informational content for you guys. Um, also, again, I want to shout out to the people who are making the show possible. Viking Performance Chalk. You guys are awesome. And then Calvert Illustrations for delivering such an awesome logo that, again, everybody gave such great feedback on. So, thank you, Mr. Calvert. And thank you, Viking. You guys are the best. I'm really looking forward to the show today. Uh, kind of come up. A little bit out of a whim, but we have Tim Williams of Ritual Apparel, who agreed to come onto the show today, and will be my first guest. So, uh, honestly, Tim also has a podcast, the Ritual Apparel podcast, and it's one of my favorite podcasts, and really is one of the inspirations for me picking up the mic to do this. So, it's really exciting to have him on, and we're going to try to go into uh, what Helped him start his awesome company that I'm a huge supporter of, and I love their gear. I have a sticker of one of their stickers on the back of my phone right now, and you know what got him into training, what got him to start into his sport, the sport of his choosing, uh, like mine, powerlifting, as well as what got him to start his company and build an awesome community that he has. So, without further ado, please join me in welcoming Mr. Tim Williams of Ritual Apparel. All right, so I want to say thanks, Tim, for coming on. Um, it's really exciting to have you on, and uh, I already kind of did the intro, kind of talking a little bit about you, but if you could, um, yeah, tell everyone a little bit about you and how you got started, and as well as uh, what, how do you start Ritual? Uh, well, my name is Tim Williams. I, I guess the most... Uh Notable thing about me at the moment is that I run Ritual, obviously. Um, not without a lot of tremendous help from other people. I kind of got started in lifting weights. Uh, from I was, I was in a band and I was always overweight, so I started you know, lifting to lose weight, and then I got into it doing that. And uh, then once the band started, once the band ended, I had kind of accumulated a lot of skills that I didn't really understand at the time, and uh, I was a designer out of um, basically only need because my band could never afford to um, pay for designs for someone else, so I learned how to do it, so we could always have merch and stuff like that, and uh, I really loved lifting, and it, it started to change my life in a really positive way, and I kind of came up with this idea of ritual, and then, you know, me and my wife kind of just, like, ran from it from there, and uh, basically the whole mantra and everything strength built through ritual is like kind of the thing that changed my life. And, you know, I just, I wanted to share it with everyone else. So here we are now, I'm 29 years old and, uh, apparently I run a powerlifting brand. <laughs> you do. And, I, and honestly, it's, it was one of my favorite brands. It uh, still is obviously. Um, I have one of your stickers in the back of my phone right now. Uh, I have, which is, uh, I always get people to ask what it is. And, uh, that was one of the things that drew me to you guys was, uh, cause for me, um, you know, when I started, uh, I'm also 29 and I started lifting at 21 and not seriously into powerlifting until about a little over a year ago. Um, but one thing that was, you know, what made it for me was exactly that was the ritual of it. Um, and kind of that movement meditation, uh, you know, going in and, and, uh, testing yourself, um, and then seeing those progressions, you know, every, you know, five pounds a week, two and a half pounds a week, or that extra rep from the last week. And, um, that's what really what drew me, you know, to you guys was just that strength built through ritual and that resonated, um, and I was like, and it kind of hit the nail on the head and, um, I think it does for a lot of people. And so I think it's cool that you guys have been able to build, you know, a community that focuses on that. 
Yeah, and honestly, that is the uh, that's the absolutely like most important part of it to me because that ideology is what kind of changed my life. I have a tattoo on my hand now, you know, like, and it's not because I run a brand and I'm super stoked to myself. It's because that that whole thing that realizing that this is a slow and steady process, like, it helped me accumulate so many positive skills um, to be able to apply to myself, you know. And I really think that we disregard the act of like a habitual nature when we start thinking about training and, you know, regimenting our day around it and regimenting our day around our goals. Like, but in all reality, every person that is successful at anything, whether it be powerlifting or, or business or, you know, physique competitions or whatever it is you, you do, you have to regiment yourself and make these things ritualistic in order to see like even small progress once you get to a certain point. So I think that it is vastly important to me and the community and the culture is like, it's why I still do it. You know, I, I love it so much. Like I, the, the true value of people is lost on a lot of people in the beginning. You know, I felt like, um, it's really easy to sell like a, a 30 day diet, diet pill to someone. It's not really easy to, <laughs> to sell, Hey, this takes a while and you have to make it a habit. It really, yeah, it really does. And people want a quick fix. Um, and I think it, and it's a disservice to them because, you know, a quick fix sounds nice, but no one really wants that. Like, I think a lot of the times when they really get down to it, like the process is, you know, it's cliche, but it's where you grow and it's where people actually, you know, make the most friends, um, make the most self-discovery, make, you know, just kind of actually put value and enrich their lives is through that process, not at all by the actual, you know, end result. Absolutely. And, you know, we build we build on ourselves through strife, through struggle. Um, you know, when I think about back to my life and the most valuable points in my life, I don't look at the things that came to, into my life that were very easy. You know, I, I, I truly value those things that, that were hard, that took effort, that, that took time, that took, you know, growing and learning and adapting. And I think that the quick fix thing is appealing because we see something that we want, you know, when we treat people's strength or people's physique like an item that we can purchase and in all reality that takes all the value out of the thing that you're trying to attain it it is kind of cliche at this point but you do have to enjoy the process of anything you're doing i wouldn't be doing ritual right now or powerlifting or anything that i do if i didn't enjoy it and i feel truly lucky to be in a position to where i am able to fully pursue 100 percent like the things that I am passionate about. And I just, I really wish and hope for that with everyone else. And I know it's not an easy pill to swallow when I'm like, hey, everything takes time. You know, sometimes you go a year and put five pounds on your list. Like, I know that's not an easy thing and people don't want to hear that, but that's the reality of it. And that's also kind of what makes it beautiful and worth it. It does. And if you, I mean, if you really, and if you're also honest, you know, with yourself and again, you know, kind of, you know, uh, a nod to the actual motif of like this podcast of being nerds who live, but, um, everybody enjoys, you know, the, the transformation, you know, the hero's journey of any, of any story. Um, that was my favorite, you know, thing was, you know, the montage sequence, like people like, you know, it's that struggle of you suck and you suck and then you start to suck less and then you suck a little bit less every time and you never, you know, you never fully get, you know, maybe to where you're at, but that's the beauty is like that, that process. And, um, you know, and yeah, it's, it's a discounted thing, but I think more people, once they do take that, that pill and they swallow, like, you know, it'll take time, but let me make the most out of that time. And then they get, then they start getting the results and results that they also don't expect, you know, when it comes to like, you know, themselves personally, self-esteem you know family friends whatever that's when the other benefits come i think 100 percent. you know struggle brings out the best in you and if you've never had to struggle for you know something that you want or something that you're trying to be to be good at then i would argue that you don't truly know yourself yeah because it's in those those times of struggle that yeah that you show up um i think that's why we like competing i think that's why i um, you know, chose powerlifting as a like to, as a sport to pursue was I liked the idea of training for a meet and then going to that meet and putting myself on the platform in front of judges who will you know who judge my lift, but I get to you know execute it 
and and you know put myself on the line and see what I can do and that you know that's something that oh, I feel I'm at my best is on that you know on that game day and um and then I just love the process that leads up to it and obviously the friends I've made um the people I've met through that and obviously even right now that's all come from just that little little idea which is really cool it is it is and powerlifting is really phenomenal in that way like the way that this community kind of uh, exists and supports each other and creates this weird little counterculture that we've all kind of dived into, it, it's, it's very interesting. And then, you know, to your point about, like, competing and why you love it, and it's, um, it's very rare to find a sport where you can go and compete side-by-side side with the best athletes in the world. Like, that's insane, you know, like – when you start playing golf, you don't get to go compete next to Tiger Woods. It, it's just crazy. And you get to see these people who have made themselves giants in the in this sport through literally just discipline year after year of getting stronger. And that is so fucking beautiful. And beyond that, you know, like the people that support those people that help them get there, you know, like this community can do amazing things. And it's funny because the outside perception of it to a person that doesn't understand this culture, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, well, isn't that kind of bro-y? Like, I know a lot of people that I played in bands with would probably assume that. And, and I probably would have, too, before I dove into it. But it's just funny because you find the exact thing that a lot of the world is missing, which is this amazing community and this amazing culture. Yeah, and I actually I, I tell people that that perception of it being broy, um, I found actually isn't true. I, I haven't in any meet that I've ever been to or any gym that I've been to, anyone who may a kind of fed description of being broy in a negative sense is not is usually now I wouldn't say not welcome, uh, but um it's very much disencouraged. Like, you know, like I I've never seen one person scoff at a meet or talk down about somebody no matter what what weight they're lifting, um, it, it, everyone is happy for each other. And if it's like you know this uh, um, a kid who's you know eighteen and he's lifting three fifteen for the first time, everybody cheers for him the same as the guy who's about to pull six hundred for the first time. And there's no yeah. difference. And, and that's yeah. Really it really cool. is. Sorry, go ahead. I'm. I'm... Oh no! I was just saying that that's it. And that, that it's a really cool that 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 respect is mutual, like you said, across no matter who the athlete is, whether they're huge giants like Dan Green or they're that you know that kid. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, here here's the thing: the worst people in any culture, in any community, in any you know sport or you know musical community, the worst people tend to speak the loudest. And I think that that's pretty true in powerlifting, too. Um, we all have a platform now. In 2019, our voices matter more than they have ever mattered. Um, Instagram is a gigantic platform. This community has gotten pretty big. And when you say stuff in a negative way, it generally gets a lot of attention. And I think that that's where a lot of the outside um, perception comes from, is these people that are not necessarily the norm speaking very loudly and being, you know, a lot more negative and maybe condescending than the vast majority of the community is because the reality is those people are outliers. That's not the norm in the powerlifting community. That is that person's specific opinion, you know. But it's the same way that people judge anything, you know. Well, if one person does it in this community, well, then the rest of them do it in this community. But as we know, you know, correlation doesn't always equal causation, and that's not the reality. Yeah, and I and I think people, you know, people unfortunately I think also these days are because of the information overload we have are also kind of lazy in the sense that it's easy to paint with a big brush. It's easy to take those outliers and then make them the like. Well, if they're like it, then that must be the whole community because honestly, it's just kind of easy instead of actually learning about something you don't understand or researching more or asking more questions. Um, it's just easier to put a label. It's easy to stereotype, um, and and it's sad because I think 
um, people then can miss out on a lot of friendships, a lot of learning opportunity. Um, one of my goals, like with this podcast, and the reason like that I made it um, the name like Nerds Who Lift was I actually wanted to provide a resource that I wish I had when I started, um, and and I wanted it to be like a connecting point. I wanted to be able to point uh, people to like you know here are really good resources and good people. And, you know, that you can learn from as well as, um, hey, that, you know, you're not so different than, you know, Tim, who owns Ritual. Uh, you, you're not so different if you're like a nerdy kid and you really like anime. Um, you know, I know for a fact that uh, Rob Hall, you know, World Breaker Savage is a huge anime nerd. You know, you guys probably like the same shows and he's a, you know, a, a wonderful lifter. So I wanted to kind of put those, connect those people and kind of put everyone in the same arena and say, you know, hey, we can be friends and you can learn each other. And here's a really cool sport that you can also explore. So that was kind of my goal, like with doing this. And um, that's why I wanted to have you on because I love your podcast. And it's, you know, it's one of the reasons I wanted to start one. And I think you guys do a great job in building a community. And your passion always comes through. And, um, you know, it's a it's it's consistently come through and i think you guys do a great job of that so you know i wanted to share that with more people so well thank you so much i i really appreciate that and you know i think that it, it i love your kind of idea about the podcast because it is all about like disseminating disseminating like positive information onto people who may not have access to it and that was a big reason for me too was starting the the ritual podcast even though for me like Two years ago, uh, I would have not wanted to do anything like that because I used to have, like, very bad, like, social anxiety and stuff like that. But, you know, through ritual and through powerlifting and stuff, I've completely, like, ridded myself of that fear. And I wonder how many people out there who, as you said, you know, are maybe afraid to ask questions. So when we have these kind of platforms like podcasts and articles and these kind of things, you really get people to kind of, you give people the opportunity to discover information on their own. Now, is it the mo- is it the best way? Maybe not, but some people aren't prepared yet to, to ask those questions, to message someone they don't know and ask a question that may be hard or difficult or personal. And that's why I think this stuff is so important, and it's so important to engage with the community like this because there just isn't enough of this stuff out there, and there especially isn't enough stuff in the realm of, hey, look at this person you know like at this point there's a lot of information of training out there there's a lot of bullshit but there's a lot of really good stuff and i think everyone to this point we know you need to squat bench and deadlift to get better at powerlifting you know but what we don't know is what people have between the ears and how you make a successful mindset and how you you know can relate to these people that are doing the same things like you said with rob hall like rob hall is a huge nerd man like i love talking to him he was on our podcast and uh very down-to-earth dude. He likes really nerdy shit, and he doesn't care. He loves it. You know, Jordan Moffat is the same way. He talked about all the bad music that he loves, and um, he owns a really cool company called Bacon and Barbells, and if you guys, you know, you guys should check that out. There are people out there that are really trying to do positive things in this sport and bring out positive information and positive mindset tactics and relate to you as a person that may not feel confident enough to approach someone to ask a question but if anyone's listening to this and you know who I am or you follow me on Instagram or whatever, please feel free to always ask me a question. And if I don't know the answer, which I will tell you if I don't know the answer, I will point you to someone that I believe can help you. Yeah, and that's what's been awesome. And I think, I mean, I've I've uh, reached out to, um, you know, numerous people. Obviously, I reached out to you just to do this, and you were like, yeah, do it. And I even messaged you, I think, a about a month ago, when I first started kicking this around, I don't know if you remember, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about starting one. And you're like, cool, let me know. And, uh, you know, then a month later, and that little bit of like, yeah, man, do it. I would, I'll be on. That honestly kind of gave me the like, well, yeah, maybe I should. And and this it's one of those where a little bit of kindness or a little bit of, you know, information to somebody will go a long way. And um, And just like you said, there is lots of stuff out there. And somebody who starts out doesn't know like even on the first episode i released um that was the whole premise was you know you know if you don't know what to do and you're just starting out 
you know, you know, here and you're getting a gym membership. I, I gave them like four different really easy programs that are popular, like, you know, five by five, five, three, one, um, the, uh, pH three method. And then, uh, starting. So just like a couple ones that, you know, that are like free or like 20 bucks. And, and then, you know, they can, those are good information. That's good information to have. And, and that's kind of what I want to do also going forward, uh, as well as connecting people, but just, you know, giving those little bits of information, um, yeah, which I, which leads me what I, what the next thing I wanted to ask you was, you know, if you're talking to somebody, you know, someone who's listening now and they're starting out lifting, um, you know, what is something that you, you know, wish you knew when you started, um, yourself. And then if you were going to talk to like, what is something that you would on top of that give to a newbie right now or someone in just in fitness in general, whether it's powerlifting, they're starting out or just fitness just to get you know, get healthier, uh, you know, what would, do you want to impart to somebody that you think would, you know, benefit them? I think that the biggest piece of advice, uh, if you're starting out and you want to do powerlifting and you're looking at all these really strong people, I think you should start to kind of adjust your expectations and know that this sport takes a long time. And the vast majority of the lifters that you're seeing on Instagram that are insanely strong, I've been doing this for 10-plus years. Um, another thing is, and we talked about this on our podcast too, is just don't underestimate the power of muscle mass in, in powerlifting. Like Some of the best advice that you can give a new person that is coming in wanting to be a powerlifter that's never been in the gym before is do some basic movements. Learn your body. Learn, get body awareness. You know, Build a solid foundation of muscle because that stuff really matters when you're talking about bracing for – you know, even a 400-pound squat. Like, knowing your body is so important when it comes to powerlifting and doing those, like, basic kind of, like, rudimentary, like, bodybuilding programs will do a lot for you and they will carry over a lot. I mean, some of the best powerlifters that I know came from bodybuilding or came from, like, a very bro-y background, you know, like, quotations there, bro-y. But, you know, just get in the gym and familiarize yourself with, the environment of being in a gym and, you know, do some movements that you know how to do, you know, like leg extensions and hamstring curls and bicep curls and shoulder raises and shoulder press and all the stuff that doesn't really take a lot of learning to do, you know, get in there and start hammering that stuff and build some muscle um, because it will carry over if your ultimate goal is to lift as much weight as possible. And then it's just learning a skill. You know, learning the skill of squat, bench, and deadlift is something that we continue to learn all throughout our powerlifting careers. And, you know, like, I'm not uh, I'm not a high-level powerlifter, you know. I've only been doing this for, like, I think I'm coming up on two years of powerlifting. And um, I just stuck to the plan. That's the, that's the best advice I can give you, you know. Stick to a plan. Formulate a plan. At least formulate a goal. Um, this is something I, I've talked about a lot, but you know, if you if your ultimate goal is to be a powerlifter to compete in a meet, write that at the top of the list and work backwards from it. And be like, okay, well, what do I need to do every single day to be able to achieve this ultimate goal of competing in a meet? You know, and the first step would be you know building some muscle, getting familiar with your body, and then you know maybe once you are coachable and you have like some body awareness and a little bit of muscle mass built up, you know, hire a coach that knows what they're doing that knows how peaking works and they can explain kind of the rules to you on a person person level and kind of give you a rundown of what that meat experience is like, because talking to someone uh, on a personal level is in my opinion, a lot more valuable than hearing information over a podcast or through an article um, because you can ask questions. You know, I can't ask questions to a podcast or an article, no matter how much I love those things, they don't apply to you when you ask them questions. So, I think that's an important part, but also I think you need to have a base of muscle and a base of understanding of your own body before you jump in with a coach. Biggest piece of advice I could give you is make a plan, stick to the plan, and, you know, follow through. Like, build your, I hate this, but ritual. You know, build your ritual. Build the things you do every single day to attain these goals because that's the only way that you're going to be able to attain them is if they are constantly in the back of your mind and you're making those small little daily habits towards achieving those goals. It's, you know, all the small wins that create big wins. I think that's what people forget. It's the small steps that actually get you where you're going. No one, no one gets very far by making big leaps. It's a very, it's a very finite 
uh, approach. But small steps definitely do it. Um, yeah, I, I was waiting for you to to throw the ritual in there. I was like, "Yep, you gotta create a ritual. <laughs> that's the that's the key." Um, but no, I hate saying it, man. but hey, man, it's it's true though. It's good. Like that's you know that's that's the thing. It's like yeah, it's you know, ritual is as much a verb as it is a noun. Um, I think so anyway, and like that's you know what I like about um, you know about your guys' stuff is. Um, that's a big word for me. Uh, I started in martial arts when I was a kid before lifting. And so ritual and very ritualistic um, training it obviously is a part of that. And uh, that's how I treat lifting, honestly. like I, It's why I like lifting is it's very technique oriented and it's basically, you know, martial arts against myself and then a heavy, you know, heavy piece of iron. Um, so making a plan, sticking to the plan following through i think you made a really good point about you know once you get some body awareness you know then you know it's worth hiring a coach um i would completely agree um what's maybe one key thing um and it could be a technique uh an event that you know maybe that you did like a meet or even a coach someone you worked with that was maybe a main point of uh, an impact for you in training that maybe took it to the next level from just you know you training but where I think in your mind it kind of turned a corner, like this was my kind of like a light bulb moment. And for like for me, it was when I learned how to brace. Like once I learned how to properly brace, that was huge for me, and and it like helped me kind of take off in training, um, as an example. And then the first time I, I really worked with a coach, um, I worked with actually Lonis in my off season, and that also was a huge help for me. Um, so those are like two examples uh, for myself. So I don't know if maybe you have you know, when you learned how to brace or your first meet, something like that, that really made an impact for you? I think in training, it would have been probably really similar to yours. Like, learning to brace was big. Um, you know, when you learn to brace and you unrack a squat for the first time and it feels weightless, you're like, oh, shit, this just clicked. I get it now. I get why this is important. <laughs> yeah, um, it's true. Um, another one for me in directly related to training would definitely be leg drive in the bench. Uh, that was a few, that was a huge clicking moment for me. My bench probably went up like, you know, 50, 60 pounds in a few months when I learned how to properly do leg drive and leg drive is a weird thing because you can't really, there's not really a good way to teach it to someone. I've done, I've done some like a fair amount of personal training at this point and, uh, it's, probably the hardest bench in general is kind of the hardest movement to teach people um yeah my bench leg sucks. drive especially <laughs> what was that i said yeah my bench sucks <laughs> <laughs> i mean it it seems to be a weak point for a lot of people and for the longest time it was definitely mine too i would say right now though you know it, i think it's the opposite uh for me personally but i think really the biggest corner that I turned was starting ritual because it made me have to be comfortable with talking to people. It made me have to be okay with reaching out to people and kind of, you know, putting my weird little anxieties aside, you know, which again, like this isn't a thing I struggle with now. It took a lot of work. It wasn't easy to correct these things in myself. But, you know, once I did start to do it, the rewards I got for that are amazing. And I also think that I'm in somewhat of an unfairly unique situation where I run a brand and I kind of have access to directly speaking to a lot of athletes um, and being able to ask for advice and stuff like that. Uh, my first, like, coach that I truly fell in love with was Emery Mullen. Um, he is just an awesome guy, and he taught me so much about reeling back my ego and stuff like that. And then, you know, later on moving to Lonus and Lonus just being kind of like really technique savvy. And, you know, he really preaches these variations and, and stuff like that. And I had never really done a lot of that in my training and the carryover that I got out of it was pretty insane. So, I mean, those are, those are a few of my big like turning points. Um, but the biggest one was definitely, um, learning to be open enough to talk to other people and ask for advice. Yeah. I think that's honestly, man, I think that's, um, you know, one I, I kind of didn't, didn't expect from you, but I should, but, um, cause I actually didn't even think about it myself, but you're right. 
it's just asking because especially in our sport um so many people are willing to help because we've all been there i think we you know we all were started somewhere um like uh, my first meet uh i was there pretty much by myself i had a friend with me but he was kind of uh, off and about and uh, not really helping but there was this one guy he was and he was the heaviest lifter at this meet by the way in terms of um, how much weight he was lifting it was a small meet and he was older he was probably in his late 30s and uh he had no no reason to help me i didn't know him and he was lifting the most weight obviously at the meet you know he should have been resting and he kept asking me to he's like he would load my warm-ups he'd ask me how many warm-up sets i have he could he would offer me like salt tablets you know he asked he's like hey do you know where your flight is um you know you know are you good um like he had he didn't have to do that like he had at all and he and he just kept doing that just because it was my first one and he saw me there and i think so many people in our community will just help you and be happy to do it because we just give back like that and so just asking will go a long way yeah, that is, I would say, a really great representation of the community at large within powerlifting. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, yeah, and I think, um, yeah, I think if more people, and even if people don't do, you know, say, per se, powerlifting, I think that, you know, finding, uh, you know, I think every, I think everyone should at least enjoy the sport because I, I love our community, but I also know, um, you know, you know, if you just starting a type of like sport community, a pot in a positive like athletic community because it's you know so good for you physically, obviously, and you can bond over that. I think is good for people, and I think a lot of people, especially these days, that um, you know the biggest you know the biggest group of people are usually the people who are you know loners or feel by themselves. You know the the nerdy bunch, and um, you know I think finding a way to you know, connect with other people and do something healthy for yourself is really important. I think that that's something that um, a lot of people struggle with, and it's not just in powerlifting, I, but I think it all comes from a lack of belief in yourself. Like, we start to identify with these um, anxieties and these depressions and these things that we have admitted to ourselves are wrong with us, and when we kind of, like, diagnose ourselves or get diagnosed and we start saying, I am... X, you know, we start to identify and see that when we look in the mirror. But when we can really, like, take ourselves outside of our situation for a second and realize, like, the vast majority of our acceptance towards these things that we don't like about ourselves is largely self-propelled, you know, we can start to make really positive changes, you know? I mean, one of the biggest, you know, bads in my life was when the band ended, and I didn't know who the hell I was anymore when that happened. Um, but it forced me to take a look at myself from, an, you know, an objective view as, as opposed to like only an internal one. And I had to look and be like, this is the person I am and this is the person I want to be. And how do I become that person? Because I know, I know in my heart, I know in my head that I am capable of changing that. I am capable of bettering my own life. I am capable of being happy. Why am I stopping myself from doing that? And I think that that is a huge problem in our community because we see so many people that are mountains of strength, you know, mountains of confidence and just being very outward with their opinions. And we see that and we think, oh, why can't I do that? But the reality is the only thing that's stopping you is you. Like I was in a situation where I had been told I was so many things throughout my entire life. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was all this and I was all that. And the only thing that it took was me realizing that I was making myself miserable. And the more and more that I opened myself up to people and began speaking about the things that I believed in, the more and more reward I got, you know. And that's a huge learning thing in this community is just being confident enough in yourself to believe that you can do something. That's why I know you, you listen to the podcast. You know, how many times have you heard me get really pissed off when someone's like, I can't do X. And I'm like, why can't you do it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Uh, but it's true. It's, you know, it's like when you are sitting there limiting yourself and I'm, I think we're all guilty of it. I've done it to myself. I mean, um, I think, I think we all, you know, we have those stories that we tell ourselves and a lot of times it comes from like e ego. I think, I think sometimes it's 
ego in the sense of I don't want to do something like I can't because it's hard and I'm going to suck at it and I don't want to do that. And then it's um, it's also ego in kind of the opposite direction of, you know, you don't you don't know how to who who it's like who are you going to be if you start doing this because the person you were won't take these chances or won't do that create that habit or that ritual and so you know that identity crisis is kind of scary and i think it's easier for people to you know go with the devil they know instead of you know you know become a, a better devil that they can be later on and um yeah it's 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 a scary thing i've seen it you know myself i've done it myself and i've seen other people do it and it's a constant it's a constant fight but once you get those little wins then you're like oh you know i be i am better I can do that. I think that's why I like lifting because it's a very finite thing. If it's five pounds heavier than last week, it's five pounds heavier. Like there's not, it's not an argument, you know? Um, Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing more real in the world than five more pounds on the bar. You know, I mean, it's really crazy because I think that we all have the ability to do, we all have the ability to do these things. And I like what you said about identity too, because it's, like I said, you know, you see the person that is, you know, like has all these like problems when you look at yourself in the mirror and you have that little bit of an identity crisis because in a way you started to kind of like see yourself as these things. You started to see yourself as a person whose personality traits revolve around being anxious or not confident and all that stuff. And it, it becomes really hard to change once it, once it gets to that point, but it's never impossible and you always have that ability. Yeah, it's just believing that you can't you know you have that ability and that you will still be the same person in a good way not the same you know not the the part of yourself maybe that you you want to make better but you will still be the best you know you'll still be a good person you'll still you know you'll continue to even get better and you're not getting better for anyone else you're getting better for yourself and then that's when that identity crisis i think is you know will end when when it starts becoming more for yourself, and, uh, and that's again, and that's another thing with lifting that I like is because it embodies that that it's just you on that you know that piece of iron. Like it's not anybody for there. Like I don't care you know how many lifts you do. You know someone may do for the gram, like that's cool. But at the end of the day, you you need to lift that, um, and you know it's it's you and that in that piece of iron, and that thing will crush you. You know like that's what's kind of cool and scary. But when you lift, you know, 400 pounds on your back, if you fuck, I mean, it can kill you. <laughs> it really can. And so you're going to lift it or you're not. And if you can be like, okay, I did that, you know, I, I have my ritual. I go in the gym. I do that for myself. Um, you know, that's the kind of person you are. You can take that into the rest of your life, you know. And no matter what you do, what you're in, I think, you know, 400 pounds will always be a little bit scarier than your boss, and so maybe your job becomes a little less sucky, you know, because you put it in perspective. Yeah, I mean, 400 pounds is, is fucking heavy, you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's funny because I think that we build things up, though, too, to a certain extent. And it's like, you know, yeah, you may be working a job you don't like, but, I mean, the question you need to ask yourself is, what can I do to change that situation? It's just like, You've been prepping to squat 400 pounds. You know, let's just say you've been prepping to squat 400 pounds. It's been your goal for six months, and you get under that bar, and you're confident, and you have all the, you know, the mindset tools, and you you followed the program, and you ate right, and you did all that stuff, and you get under that bar, and you still fail. That's where you can fucking learn really important stuff about yourself. Again, like, through struggle, the truest versions of ourselves come out. And we're able to kind of see those things if you choose to and reassess what we can do to be better and to achieve more. Part of changing is realizing the problem first. Yeah, 100%. And actually, you you actually kind of uh, uh, spoke my uh, my last meet story for me. Uh, where I had I had in my I had in my last meet you know about a month ago six whatever it was six weeks ago, and um, I really wanted to uh, my two goals was to I wanted to squat over four because I haven't done that yet you know, it sucks and then I wanted to get into a, a class two total for the USPA and you know like I wanted those two things and my last my first meet was in September so I had from October to this past May 
to do, you know, to train. And I, I trained and I ate, I hit almost all my, pretty much all my numbers actually in training. I know I had a few hiccups and during prep and everything, but I'd say pretty healthy. And, you know, and I went to, I went to the meet and 400 didn't happen. I, I, I squeaked by with 391. So not quite four. Um, my bench didn't move how I wanted to. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, okay. And then, uh, then I came for for deadlift on my last deadlift, which uh, would have actually given me the class two had I got it. Even though I didn't get the 400 squat, I passed out at the top and <laughs> fell over. So, uh, so I didn't get it. So I didn't get any any of my goals in that sense. Uh, a couple like small PRs, but they're still PRs, and I still had fun. But yeah, you know, I was I was really bummed, and um, but you know, I still loved the sport. I loved doing it. Everyone gave me high fives for passing out and, uh, you know, during the pool. And, you know, I went back to the drawing board. I'm like, all right, you know, I want to I, I want to come back. I want to learn. And I think that's been the best thing for me. And I can, now I can't wait for the next meet, which I want to go, you know, in December is what, I've, what I'm looking at. And, um, you know, I, I want to apply all those lessons. And that's, and that's what it is. It's just, you know, it's not a failure. It's just a learning opportunity. Yeah, you are greater for having experienced that. You are more knowledgeable. You are more prepared for the next rung of training. You're more prepared for the next meet. And you still gain the experience of being there, being in that environment and having to perform. You know, whether or not you've done a meet in the past, like, that is accumulative. Like, it keeps building. The experience keeps building. It's like, you know, every single time you go and lift a barbell and you do it, you know, 0.5% better, that's still... 0.5% better every time you lift a barbell. I would kill for that kind of progression. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, 0.5% better, you know, you know, like even every month, that's 6% better a year. Like that's actually that's actually pretty good progress even at that rate. Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, that's slow to people, but like keep in mind like again, this sport is it's a long game, you know, and you have to kind of think like, okay, I need to dedicate five to ten years to be really great at this, you know? I mean, there's that, um, I may say the wrong number, I'm not sure, but there's that like 10,000 hour uh, rule where it's like you put 10,000 hours into anything, you will be in the top like 2% of that thing. Yeah. yeah and I fully believe that that's the same with powerlifting. Yeah, it's, it's with anything. Um, and honestly, I think that also goes into what we were saying earlier about creating a habit, creating rituals, creating a better, you know, version of yourself and like what you look at, like it may take 10,000 like affirmations to tell yourself that you're not a piece of shit. You're, you're not trash. Like you can do whatever you want. And it's going to take you 10,000 hours to get good at powerlifting or any other sport or anything you do. And it's going to take 10,000 hours to build your business. It'll take me 10,000, you know, hours of podcasting to get really good or whatever it is. But you know, if you're willing to put that work in and create the ritual and to and really enjoy that process and find yourself in that process, then that time is going to go by fast. You know, time is going to go by whether we like it or not. So it's whether you're going to do something during that. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, 10,000 hours went by, you know, a couple of years, five years, 10 years went by. And now you're, you know, lifting really well, doing really well, companies doing, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, it's that instant gratification as opposed to that long game. I would much rather be trying and failing than not acting at all. 100%. And I think that, that that's something, you know, like, just know that in yourself. You know, would you rather try and fail at something that you want to do? Or would you rather sit there and never know? Yeah. And I don't know why people, and people are so afraid of failing. Like, when... I don't know about you, at least for me, whenever I've seen someone try something and they failed, like, I never think less of a person. And maybe I'm just, I had I had very polite parents and they're very nice. So maybe I didn't grow up with, you know, with maybe a meaner family environment. But I'm, I'm always really proud of anybody, even if I don't know them, when they try, you know. And uh, I've never thought less of someone who, fail, who fails. I never, um, so I think, you know, we tell that story, like, man, if I fail, like... Uh, then I won't be worth trying again or I can't try again so they don't and that like it's very paralyzing yeah and I think a lot of that maybe comes from uh, 
just seeing other people succeed because I think what people have in their heads, and this is, again, something I've said a thousand times, but you've got a different audience than me, so I'm going to say it again. I think that people think that success is a finite resource, and that goes for anything, business, powerlifting, academia, like anything. People think that only a few people can be successful in these fields, but the reality is, Success isn't running out. There's not a limited amount of success that's going to go away. There's enough room for everyone to be successful within their field. It's just all about how much you try, how much time you commit to it, and how truly passionate you are about that thing. Because I do believe that you will never be in the top 2% of something if you don't truly believe in it, if you're not truly passionate about it. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, yeah, anybody who is in that 2%, that is one thing, no matter what they do, you know, to, to concur with your point, no matter what they do, uh, if they're a NASA scientist or they're a lifter, you know, if they're in the top 2%, the one thing they all have in common is they will be extremely passionate and extremely, like, just engrossed and, you know, enveloped in their art, in their craft, Um one of the biggest pieces of advice I ever got was anything you love, treat it like an art and then and hone your craft. And no matter what it is, if you treat it that way, that's how you get, you know, it's one way that you can help you get better is to kind of treat it in that kind of delicate way of it's always improving. I'm always, you know, I'm always in, evolving into it. And, and then, and you're, and you're quite the, I think you guys are an embodiment of that. Because your passion comes through everything, mm-hmm. everything from like your, you know, if you just like if you go to the ritual, you know, apparel website and read like your mission statement or read about the podcast or anything like your guys's passion comes right through. And I've appreciated that from day one. And, you know, and I'm glad that you got to share it, you know, on the show with me now. So um, just like as a quick recap, cause I've kept you for like 47 minutes. Um, kind of Tim Williams, a little piece of advice was to, you know, make a plan and follow it through and to create a ritual, um, to, you know, take your time and enjoy the process, uh, learn leg drive in your bench. And, um, maybe one last thing that you would, you know, want to leave people kind of before we wrap up. Um, just don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to share who you truly are because that's the best version of yourself. Yes, and ask for advice. That's what that was the last thing also you said, Sue. Always ask for advice. Um Yeah, man. Again, thank you for this. This was awesome. I really had a great time talking to you. Um, you know, I want you know everybody to go check out your podcast as well, the Ritual Apparel Podcast. It's super fun. I always enjoy listening to you, all your guests. Uh, the Q&As with you and Riley are always awesome. Um, and then also your company. Um, and one of my favorite you know, pieces of clothing to wear, especially your Force of Will line. So I hope everybody can go check that out. And um, yeah, anyone else, anything else you want to say or plug, um, you know, by all means, have at it. Thank you for... Thank you for having me on here. I uh, I really appreciate it. I don't want to talk a lot, so. <laughs> um, but I do really appreciate it, man. I appreciate everything you said about the brand. Um, thank you so much for, you know, all the, the support it, that you've given me, you know, over the past, you know, two years. And, uh, you know, thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm really stoked on it. So thank you for letting me be a part of something that you're building, which is super cool. Dude, no, thank you. And and like I said, I in the little intro, and you know, I already had already recorded the intro actually this morning, but I had said that you know, um, you know, your like I said, your podcast, and uh, you know, listening to you and kind of how you are was one of the inspirations of why I wanted to do one. So um, you know, you're my first guest uh, as as a show, and it's going to be the second episode once I have it all set up and they're listening to it. So uh, I think it was really kind of really fitting for it to come full circle like that so um yeah i appreciate it really yeah that's really cool man to go from a, a message about hey i'm gonna do this thing you know to now like sitting here and oh i guess you guys can also follow me on instagram if you want to do that oh yeah yeah uh, yeah at tim <laughs> underscore ritual and ritual apparel yeah please follow him on instagram um and please please buy all their stuff and support them because um they are lovely people uh, but yeah, it's, All right, it's well, thank it's you funny. so much. 
dude, thank you. And uh, like I said, I hope hope this comes out well. And uh, you know, for, for a second episode, and I hope people enjoy it. And uh, yeah, and maybe hope to have you on again. You know, you know, a little bit down the line, and kind of see where we where we end up. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. All right, keep in contact, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for you know allowing me to do this. I appreciate you, dude. Thank you, man. And again, can't wait to see what you have coming up next. So. All right, man. Well, have a good one, okay? All right, you too, buddy. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. That concludes our awesome interview with Tim Williams of Virtual Apparel. Um, Really amazing guy. Lots of really great just pieces of information when it comes to mindset and force of will, which is a really big thing in that ritual brand that he's built. And... You know, when it, the takeaways for you as a person, as an athlete, as you know, is that ask questions. Um, don't be afraid to reach out. And if people, you know, shoot you down, then that's not the people you want to learn from because uh, there's tons of us who wish to help. So, again, thank you, Ritual Apparel, Tim Williams, um, to sponsor the show, Viking Performance Chalk, Calvert Illustrations. Thank you guys so much. And thank you to all who really received the show. And I hope this, it'll just keep growing. We appreciate you. So this is Nicholas Anderson of the Nerds Who Live podcast signing off. Hope to see you again for episode three. And in episode three will be great. I want to have my training partner and and uh, co-host, one of my best buddies, Jordan Bryson, on the show. And he'll be coming back from the U.S. Nationals in Columbus, Ohio, where he's going to be competing. And then we're also going to have uh, our coach, who's uh, my coach and his coach, Mr. Scott Miller of the Stronghouse Project. He's a co-owner of the Stronghouse Project company, as well as co-owner of the Stronghouse Project gym in Las Vegas. And he's a great coach. He's our coach. So it'll be us three. And I think it'll be really fun to uh, recap Jordan's meet, of which Scott's going to be coaching him to talk about that, as well as uh, hopefully going over things about bracing and programming. So thank you again, and hope to catch you on episode three of the Nerds Who Live podcast.